Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, we have Mr. Milos Nikic of CrossFit Black Buck, joining us from Memphis, Tennessee. Milos, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm good, man. Just excited to uh, get to know you and do this podcast, my first podcast I've ever done. Fantastic. Well, let's not waste any time and make it a good one. All right. For us to, to have a little bit of context here, most of our gym owners are, or most of our listeners, excuse me, are gym owners. I think everybody that listens to this podcast has an idea of what CrossFit is, but CrossFit is, is pretty cool in that there's so much artistic license from club to club and how it's run. When you describe CrossFit Black Block, Black Buck, excuse me, and your iteration of CrossFit, what do you tell people about this gym? How do you describe it? Man, I tell them that it's 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 a bunch of normal people. Uh, we get together, we do CrossFit so that we can enjoy the finer vices in life, right? Taco Tuesday, uh, Wasted Wednesday, if 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 that's what people all the good are. ones. Yeah, you know all the good stuff, right? Um, and we get after it. I mean, we really do get after it. But the best part about it is that, like, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, the more fit you are, um, it, it, the, the more we shit on you, the more we make fun of you. Um, and, and, you know, the idea is that, like, everyone's welcome. Everyone's yeah. welcome. Super inclusive. Um, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely how I would describe it. CrossFit for the everyday person, not necessarily yeah. the people at the games that I'm watching on TV. CrossFit for... Right. And, and you know Mr. what? Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. And we still, I mean, we, our workouts are, they're tough, you know, but Glassman was always talking about, what does he say? Like, you don't scale intensity, like you kind of scale in kind or movements, like whatever he said yeah. in the day. Um, and so like we program hard stuff, uh, like people come in, like we do the ring muscle-ups, the bar muscle-ups, the handstand push-ups, handstand walking, snatching, clean and jerking. Um, but we've got like a bunch of members in their fifties that are also doing it, you know, right, um, right, right. most of them aren't doing ring muscle ups or like maybe not handstand pushups, but they fit some right. variation of, yeah, they that's, fit that right. was why CrossFit exploded the way it did was because it was ultimately scalable to whatever yeah. level of fitness. We try to okay. take good stuff of CrossFit and that's what we try to, not the bad stuff that people have like blown up all over the internet. Right. So no, there's no, no lack of, Instagram pages. No, no not at all. Now, Milos, for you, take us back to when the idea was stirring around your head. Hey, I think I'm going to open up my own gym. When was that? And how long did it take you from thought inception to actually opening the doors? So I started doing CrossFit, I think in 2012. I uh, started CrossFit Naptown. Um, I went to Iraq in 09 did a bunch of other stuff in the Marine Corps once we got back after that for a while. Um, just started partying when I got back, got real fat and nasty and just really gross and uh, transferred over into the reserves. And then our annual training was going to be out in the Mojave Desert at 29 Palms. And we had done that right before we went to Iraq. And I remember that like, it was miserable. It was horrible. And I had, I had left running track in the Big Ten to join the Marine Corps to kind of like show my fitness level where I was at then. And I was most definitely not there at that point. And I'd been trying a bunch of things like P90X, all that stuff. 
and just wasn't really successful with it and picked up on CrossFit. And I was like, let me go check this CrossFit gym out. Um, immediately fell in love with it. Lost, I think like 45 or 50 pounds doing CrossFit eating, you know, paleo was like the absolute thing at the time. Um, and so I tried all these things, was never successful, did CrossFit. It was phenomenal. I became the zealot, you know, have you heard my Lord and savior, you know, CrossFit talking to everyone about it. Yep. And I was like, man, like, it'd be really cool. Cause you just see um, the gym I started at, the vibe was so awesome that I was like, man, I would love to like own one of these myself one day. Fast forward a couple of years, I meet my future wife. Um, and I'm not very serious at this point in my life at all about anything except her. And she asked me one day and like, I'd wanted a gym. I just, I'd never said it out loud. And she was like, Hey, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know? And I kind of like laughed it off. And I was like, man, I'll be dead in 10 years. Like, that's such a dumb question. And I saw her face and I realized that in fact, it was a dumb answer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, didn't like that one. Yeah. I was like, Oh, so she like, wouldn't let me off the hook. And so I told her, I was like, you know, like, I'd like to own a CrossFit gym, like be a CrossFit gym owner, you know, in 10 years, like have owned it for a while. And that kind of started it. Um, she's a physician, so I hadn't finished college yet. And she was like, I don't care what you get a degree in, whatever you want, underwater basket weaving. She's like, but you need one, like it's important to me. And I was like, all right, fine. So I went back to school, um, exercise, sport, movement, science, I think was the official um, yep. name. And um, kind of was plotting the whole time of either buying the gym that I was working at or starting my own place. So I graduated in May of 2018. And then I signed the lease on my place in June of 2018. So it took me like six years, I guess, six years, seven years of just kind of like building gyms in my head and and thinking about how I'd want to run gyms and coaching in a bunch of different gyms and seeing different layouts and doing a bunch of drop-ins and just getting all the knowledge I could um, before I actually made the leap. And so I did a lot of prep work, um, really, really did my homework and like, it didn't matter at all. You open the gym and it's just like things that you, no matter how well you think about it, um, there's always more stuff that pops up. Um, but yeah, so it was about, yeah, six, seven years as it, I guess, yeah, about six, seven years just swirling around in my head before I opened yeah. it. Yeah. And so here we are now, right? We've got this facility. We've been an owner since June of 2018, at least. Tell me about kind of both ends of the spectrum. What's been the best part about running your own business and what's been the most challenging part about running your own business? The worst part about running my own business is running my own business. Um, like, Classic gym owner answer. Oh, oh man. The business I, side yeah, of the business. I, I, yeah. yeah, I am the ultimate, like, I'm there to coach and, like, love people and, like, hang out with all my friends. Um, and then it's like, this doesn't feel like work. And then, like, it's tax time. And I'm like, if only I'd keep up with this every month in my QuickBooks, this would like not be that bad, you know? Um, so the business side for me is like pretty brutal. Um, I detest social media. Um, luckily my wife took that over and she was just like, you know, how do you want to run social media? And I was like, just highlight our members. Um, we don't want to be the people begging for members. It was more, 
I like the business side is fun when we're talking. Um, we're not talking like nitty gritty. We're more talking um, like overarching ideas. Uh, yeah. And so for the social media, like my whole plan was like the CrossFit brand can come off aggressive depending on what people have seen in the last couple of years, at least for sure. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, people like they turn on the games and they're like, there's Matt Frazier doing like handstand pushups on rings, like 80 feet off the ground. Right. Like, and people are like, like, that's a public gym. Like people go to these things. And so with our social media, all we do is we just highlight our members and how they work out and what we work, how we work out. And so that if you start to follow our posts and our stories, um, you see that it's a bunch of normal people. Um, some of them happen to be super fit. Most of them are fit, you know, I mean, even like our unfittest person is still like top, what, 10% in the world fitness wise. Um, uh, if you took the whole world population. Um, so yeah, I mean, the best part is, is, is the people coaching the classes, um, getting groups of people together outside of the gym. I love when a new person comes in and you ask them a few questions and they're like, I'm in PT school. And I'm like, cool. I got nine people for you. And you introduce yeah. them to all the PT students, you know, and Hey, I like hiking. And I'm like, cool. Come meet my nature nerd over here, you know? And, and Memphis has a lot of transplants. A lot of people move to Memphis. And so they have CrossFit experience. They come in, they're looking for a community. Um, and those are my absolute favorite people. Um, Cause they're just like seamlessly flow in they've been there for a week and you feel like they've been there for months um so that's my the people and the coaching is absolutely uh my favorite part and then the actual business part is yeah totally part. totally common <laughs> yeah. unfortunately common right all too it common very of an answer uh especially in the crossfit space from my experience and so you mentioned social media there is that a big part of how people typically find you or, or tell me what's been working from a marketing standpoint so that we can get new potential members in. Yeah. I mean, we ask people, a lot of us will find us on Instagram. Our biggest spreader I think is, is honestly word of mouth. Um, people that have found, um, found out about the gym through their friends, they tend to follow our social media and I'll creep a little bit. I'll be like, Hey, do they know any of our members? I see that like, they do know some of our members and I'm like, that's really cool. Um, and then over time, like they might follow us for six months, nine months, a year before they come in and then they'll come in they'll be like, man, I feel like I, I know all of you or they walk in they're like, Hey major. And I'm like, how do you know my dog's name? Um, and they're like, Oh, I've been stalking your Instagram for a while. Um, and so the word of mouth has really been the biggest thing. Um, and also like that, when I think of like word of mouth, I also think of like retention. Um, so I've got like my members that are going out and they're so happy with the gym that they're willing to like talk to their friends and be like, hey, you should come check my gym out. As opposed to someone's like, hey man, like I want to try CrossFit. Should I come to your gym? And members like, maybe don't come to my gym. Like it's not, it's not the best place for you. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's really the social media I mean, we get a decent chunk of people from it, but I really think word of mouth um, is mostly the way that we roll. And we have a really strong culture of yeah. inclusiveness. And so, you know, I'll have people reach out and they'll be like, we'll get you 300 members in like 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, thanks. Have you spent any kind of money on marketing along the way? Zero. Do you think you will at any point? Uh, it's possible. Um, if we moved into like a new space 
and really decked it out. Um, I'd probably spend some money on just like letting everybody know that we moved and we're over here now. And like, we have a grand opening and, and stuff like that. Um, yep. And those are things I wanted to spend the first few years just getting really good at CrossFit as a gym, uh, getting a really good staff. My staff is awesome. They're amazing. Um, so we have that getting a really good group of people in there. Um, and then kind of, Hey, let's take it and grow it from here. Um, and so we're kind of at the point now we were at the point and then, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the pandemic, but that started in 2020. We heard of it. Oh yeah. You know? And so the last like two years, uh, the first like year and a quarter was like pretty tough. You know, the vibe at the gym was weird. People are scared. We have masks on. I'm like, oh, this is awful, you know? And then we finally have like pulled out of that and it's kind of, it's back to what it was before. And so it's like a really good spot to like springboard out. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, whenever I get down about like anything, I'm like, hey man, like your gym's been open for four years, half of it is COVID-19, you know? And so sometimes for me as a gym owner, taking a step back and realizing like we've done really, really good work um, and not getting so wrapped up and just some of the business stuff. And I think that's another reason I kind of, I hate the business stuff probably because I don't know how to do it. But then I start doing it and then I'll get wrapped up into something and start looking at like my members as dollar signs, not dollar signs, but like, I just don't like looking when I'm in the gym, I don't like thinking about the business aspect of it all. Yeah. So I need to find a business partner is what I need. To I do. think, yeah, my, my two cents on the matter is that fitness as an industry is, is somewhat unique in, if we look at it of, as a continuum of pure profit and all we see are, are credit card numbers and dollar signs on one side and sunshine and rainbows and trying to help anybody and everybody passion driven on the other side the best examples of people that i talk to are probably right in the middle we need a, a healthy dose of both to really really function at the end of the day no it's not a charity but it's not a, a blood sucking drain them at all dollars entity either right and to, to one of the things that you said that stood out to me at least is as far as paid marketing goes if we don't know how to do it obviously you're not going to like it we're going to spend a whole bunch of money and get nothing back right yeah, for yeah. somebody that's if we don't have that skill set it can be really really scary and for a small business where where budgets are tight to begin with we don't have tens of thousands of dollars to just blindly throw at a problem like this right. It, sometimes it's it's a safer to call to not go out on that. Right. So I get it. Take us to the next step, Milosh. I want to hear a little bit about when someone reaches out to you interested in joining the gym in some capacity, what's that sales process like? What happens from them reaching out and being interested to eventually them signing up as a member? So if they reach out to us on Facebook, uh, it'll auto-generate auto a message. And the auto-generated message is, I would like to be a member of your dope-ass gym. And I didn't, the guy that set it up for me, he didn't tell me what the auto-generation was. But so as soon as they click that, they kind of get a feel immediately for what's coming down the pike when they start talking to you. Yeah, yeah um, you, get a, you get a vibe check. I get yeah. It. And so uh, my wife, when she handles that stuff, she has like a structured template. 
Um, and she kind of just auto fills it in, which is like phenomenal. Like it's super efficient and whatever. I'm a people person. So I respond to each one literally individually. And like, I kind of get to know them through the first question will be like, you know, do you have CrossFit experience? Um, if you don't, we have an elements program. I'll explain the elements program. Um, they get back to me. Um, if they want to do elements, I put them in an email chain with our elements coach. Um, if they have CrossFit experience, I let them come in and check us out for a week on the house uh, to make sure that like the community is a good fit, um, all that stuff. Um, once they do elements, if they want to sign up, uh, we get them signed up. We've got memberships come out on the first or the 15th. Um, it's just easier for me to only have to check twice a month as opposed to, um, you know, 30 days a month. It gives them the, the ability to like, maybe their mortgage comes out on the first and like they rather pay on the 15th. It gives them a little bit of leeway. Um, but that part's pretty streamlined. We don't do contracts. Um, okay. when I opened up the gym. I wanted to build a gym that if I walked into, I would be like, this is my gym. This is yeah. what I want. Yeah. I hear that a lot from owners is like, I was looking for a service like this and couldn't find it. And that was really the catalyst for me starting all of this. Yeah. And so simplistic, low pressure, bare bones sort of sales process. We get a member signed up. You already mentioned the, the culture and the community of this, but what in your mind plays into retention the most how are you guys focused on keeping members as long as possible well coaching wise uh the coaches they do a really good job of just being good coaches right they're not uh clock starters they don't just today we're doing fran 21 15 9 thrusters pull-ups let's go for a 400 like they're just very active for me um, i've always looked at myself as kind of the glue of the gym and so retention for me is, I know that you have three kids and a dog. I know your kids' names. I know that they're in school. I know where they go to school. I know what you do for work. I know what you drive. I know where you live. I know your wife's name, even though she doesn't come here. Um, yeah. that's, my, that's how I retain people. Um, and it's easy for me because it's, it's authentic to who, I'm, who I am as a person. Um, that's you. So I don't feel like I'm tricking anybody. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a chore. It's not, yeah, it's like just I what you would do well. even if you didn't own the gym. You know? Yeah. And so not all of my coaches are necessarily, I mean, they're awesome. They're all socially phenomenal people. Um, they don't go down, they don't go as deep into that as I do. Um, coaching wise, I mean, I, I tell my staff all the time that they're all way better coaches than me. Um, but I have like the personality again, that is just, I glue people together. I put people together. Um, you know, we figure stuff out like that. And so for me, the retention also is just like, if you come to my gym and, and you start to meet people that you really like, you're not just coming to the gym for me anymore. Although I'm, I'm hoping that they like me. Um, now you're coming for like, all right, 4 PM. I don't want to go today, but like, man, Jeff and Shane are going to be there. Milos is going to make fun of us because we're in the silver sneakers club. I'll have to defend my honor. I can't skip today. Like that's the biggest thing for me with retention. Um, programming is important. We have good programming, so I don't stress out about that. Um, we pull it for mayhem, you know, and it's like, if you don't like mayhem, then there's probably, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it's, again, it kind of all boils back down to the community, 
putting people together. Um, yeah, that, that's literally like the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Now, take us take us to the future a little bit. We've kind of explored where you get members from, how they sign up, and and how you keep them. But walk me through the the bigger picture here as you look forward with CrossFit Black Buck. A year from now, what do you want this this business to look like? The same, but better. Better how? That exactly. Um, <laughs> What's the better? Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things because we're at kind of like that weird segue right now where it's like, all right, are we going to move spots to? Because we're near the University of Memphis, and we're kind of tucked away. It's a really cool spot. Um, it's a little hard to get to, um, unless you're kind of in this specific area. And so the spot that we're kind of like maybe looking at thinking about moving is accessible from like the highway. So like, if you live in the suburbs, it's like a 15 minute drive. If you're downtown, instead of being like 2025, it's 10. And so I'm kind of looking at location as kind of like the next big change, because that just opens up our pond of Uh people that can come and then you know say somebody moves and the my goal at the gym is to make if you're like hey i'm moving somewhere i want one of the things that you're gonna like think about in your head be like can i still come to the gym right and so if we put it in a spot that even if they move and they're like well he's right off the highway that's really not a big deal um that's kind of the better part for us where we also have more space, the rent's about the same, um, you know, you double the space because we're in like a retail location right now. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of spots available. It was like an old mechanic shop in a strip mall. And so we had the bay door in the front, bay door in the back. Um, this new place that we're looking at, it's just, it's industrial and it's just like super CrossFit to me. Um, but the people that take care of it, they're, it's super clean. They used to be like a tomato packing company. And so now they're in. I have no idea what that means. I I didn't either. It just means that like if bugs and mice get in there, it's a problem. So they're super clean. Okay. So uh, a good environment, a a good potential at least. Good good landlords, good landlords. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's, that's sort of the, the next big target is potentially a move for the business. Yeah. And, And there are, all kinds of rabbit holes that you and I could go down in, in terms of picking up and moving and yeah. losing members and gaining members. We'll have to save that for another conversation, Milos. But for us to wrap up before we sign out of here entirely, why don't you give the people listening an idea of where they could find out a little bit more about this business, best website, best social media, where can they go? So if they go on uh, Instagram, it'll be uh, CrossFit Blackbuck. Uh, if they go to our website, CrossFitBlackBuck.com, um, plenty of information on there as well. Um, Instagram, you're going to get the vibe of what the gym's all about. Um, if you're, if you get on the, uh, website, we're professional, we're serious. Then you go to the coaches bios and you start to get that vibe again. We realize that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, but yeah, those are the two spots. Um, you can find me on Instagram, lotionist monster. Um, yeah. So those three places. Gotcha. Man, this has been a bunch of fun to have this conversation. I think anybody willing to to give a little bit of an inside look into their business, it's really appreciated in the greater 
community and, and the greater conversation. And, and I'm sure that people listening hold something of value. There's got to be one nugget in there that people took away. And so I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and certainly wish you nothing but the best moving forward with my man. Thanks, man. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Becky and Pete from Perham, Minnesota. Welcome to the show. How are you guys? Good. Good. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here to learn more about what you do. But really, before we dive in too far into that, I would love to know what it was that made you guys decide to open up this CrossFit gym. Well, uh, I've always been into fitness and, you know, eventually I think anybody that loves fitness wants to start their own thing, but it takes a lot of confidence building first, you know, for yourself to want to take that step because, you know, if you own a gym before you start, it's, it's scary. There's a lot of unknowns. So, um, you know, building up to that, uh, gaining experience and, and clientele, which helps build confidence. That's kind of what pushed me into it. And then, of course, uh, COVID hit, and that kind of changed everything with uh, the way training goes and the way facilities operated. And so uh, it was a good time for me to make a change um, and Becky can speak for herself, but she's uh, has a lot of talents as far as like uh, um, being well-rounded and, and consistent, you know, especially like technology and, uh, and uh, organizations. So um, also she has a job where she can work pretty much everywhere again as a product of COVID, a lot of people work from home or they work from a computer. That's what she does. So she could um, kind of handle some of the stuff that isn't as pretty, but you know, you need to do it like memberships and uh, waivers and things like that. So anyway, she can tell you more about what got her into it. Uh, I think we had talked about it and I figured back ends. I knew he didn't want to do back end stuff and I didn't think it would be as much of an undertaking as it has been, but um, that's how we kind of all got started was he would do like the training and the, uh, what he had already been doing and I would take care of the business side on the back. 
Okay. Well, it's good that you guys have that partnership there, like where you have the fitness side covered and the business side covered. It's always good to have somebody who can focus on each thing makes for a perfect partnership. So give me your elevator pitch of CrossFit Tejo. Tell me who you are, what you have to offer. All CrossFit gyms are a little bit different. And so I want our listeners to kind of have a really good understanding of your business model before we move forward in the conversation. Do you want it? You. <laughs> uh, well, of course, with any fitness facility, somebody's coming in and they want help. So we, we like to give people uh, a comfortable, fun atmosphere. That sounds cliche, but it's true. We try to keep it loose and say that, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't hit a personal record every day or whatever. Um, so we're, we're willing to work with anybody, any age, uh, ability, and we, you know, prioritize things like, you know, strength is, uh, is really what we base all our templates for, for training blocks on um, and try to keep people safe. You know, with strength training comes higher risk of injury. So um, that's basically it, you know, just fun and, uh, and the comfort in here and we try to create like a bond within you know, among all the people so like for example we have a client who comes in in the morning and and uh, he's training out there by himself and uh, he's one of our other trainers clients and if Becky and I don't have anything going on we'll go out there and support him you know by himself things like that and support for everyone so, so family community type atmosphere where people can come in and get after whatever their goals are. Sounds like you guys are willing to work with anybody despite, you know, their history, having experience in CrossFit or not. Um, so what, what do you have to offer? If I was somebody who came in and said, Hey, you know, I'm interested in working out with you guys. Um, do you have different services or products that you would build to offer to me? Yeah. So what I was going to build off of from Pete, answer earlier is that we have personal training during the day too. So when people walk in and say, I, I'm not ready for CrossFit, I'm not in shape for CrossFit. One thing that we do like to offer them is personal training. So in between the classes, uh, Pete and Caleb, our other trainer, uh, do personal training half hour sessions. Um, and so quite a few start there and roll into CrossFit. And we've had a couple women mention that Still, CrossFit seems intimidating and suggested we do a beginner's class. And so we actually just started a beginner's class a month, two, two months, months ago. ago. And um, that's been going really well. Uh, people have been in, liking that a lot. And it's, Pete does a great job of programming with it's just PVC pipe stuff really and just getting them used to the movements and gradually increasing them into heavier weights. Um, and so that's been, so they can start either in the beginner class, personal training, and then roll into CrossFit if they'd like to, or stay at personal training. Got it. So you kind of have three different offerings there, beginner's class, the regular CrossFit class, personal training. Um, is this what you guys do full-time or do you have other jobs as well? For me, it's full-time. It's my only job. Well, first time in like 20 years, I've had just one job, you know, so it's <laughs> To stay in one place and, uh, and uh, fortunately for me 
Becky can do her primary job in the office here and then stop when she needs to, if she needs to handle needs from a, a client or a patron or whatever. So, and it's Caleb's primary job. And then we have a few trainers that are part-time that fill in on either end of the schedule, either early morning or late afternoon. Got it. So Becky, you're working in another job and running the business, kind of balancing your time between the two. And I understand how difficult that is. Um, and Pete, this is like your full-time gig. You're doing this like all time, all the time. And so um, my question to you would be right now, if you look at memberships, how many members do you have in the facility? I think we have close to 120, 130. Cool. And how does, that, how does that membership work? Like, do you have different levels or is it one membership, no matter how many times you come, you get the same membership? Uh, CrossFit, we have five different, yeah. You can do eight sessions a month, 12, 16, or unlimited. That five or four. Um, and then personal training, you can do, uh, we have packages there as well. It's a monthly membership for that. Um, you can do one session a week, two sessions a week, three sessions a week, four unlimited, how many ever you'd like to do. Um, you can use those sessions however you want throughout the month. It doesn't have to be just in that week, but um, that's how we have those structured. And then we have punch cards for both of them. Okay, sweet. So really a lot of options that people can, you know, take advantage of. Do you find that the unlimited one is the most popular or is it kind of spread amongst all the options? It is the most popular, especially for uh, CrossFit. A lot start off at eight and quickly, I would say within a month or two, make it to that unlimited one. Uh, I just think that the lower option is less intimidating at first, but then they start liking it more and more, showing up more and more and quickly move into the higher ones. Definitely. So my next question for you guys would be, you look at, you know, 120 to 130 members right now. Is that a place where you guys feel good? You feel comfortable? Or are you looking to step on the gas, grow your community, help more people? Uh, you know, for personal training, that's pretty comfortable because, you know, we're pretty maxed out right now as far as it's hard to, fit people and if somebody has to reschedule it's it can be a pain and with those monthly memberships it's use it or lose it so mm -hmm. people have to use up their eight or 16 or whatever it is in the within their month um, so people will try to like if they have eight in a month that it's about two every week so if they miss a day then they'll try to get three in the next week, for example. And sometimes that's a pain. So it's, you know, we're right kind of on the edge of, of a personal training. CrossFit, you know, we could probably add a few more, but the size of the facility, it's it's getting about to the critical mass, you know. So I think um, bigger facility, maybe, or more trainers, you know, that would be the next step. But, you know, it's year two, so we're not, we're kind of staying the course. We're doing well. So generally, like in the in the CrossFit space, what they say is like we can fit about a hundred people per a thousand square feet. So with three thousand square feet, 
following that metric, you could have 300 members. Is that something that's not really realistic for you guys? Like, is it the shape of your space? Is it the size of your classes? Like, um, what makes you say that 120 is like good right now? Well, you know, for CrossFit, I would say probably 1800 of that is uh, the CrossFit space. We have a mezzanine on one side. So that's typically where they do the personal training stuff. And then Greg is on the other side of it. Okay. So um, realistically, then, if you have about 1,800 usable space, we're only looking at maybe 60 more clients before it's like, hey, we're really full. Um, We need to, like, find a new space. What are some of the things that you guys have done to, you know, find new clients? I think that's an interesting topic. A lot of people in this industry, we have different approaches as to how we grow our business. So I would love to hear what you guys have done to find new clients. A lot of it's been word of mouth. Uh, And then uh, Facebook and Instagram have been our top three. Uh, Been working on getting a website going for about a year now and just haven't gotten there yet. Um, But yeah, I would would say word of mouth is pretty. We're going to have four websites because we have like four different people. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know when any of them are going to. It's switched hands several times <laughs> on who's creating it. So, uh, so yeah. it's yeah, that's yeah. definitely a challenge. Um, finding somebody to do your website. I know for sure I'm not a tech expert, and so we had to find the perfect team to help us with our website for the gym because I, I would never be able to figure that out. No matter how hard I tried, I can tell you yeah, that's. I started looking at it one day and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. So word of mouth. Uh, in our industry, usually that's all of our favorite thing because it's free. We don't have to do anything to generate new leads through word of mouth, except for treat our clients really, really nice. And naturally they're going to go tell their friends, their coworkers, their colleagues, whatever it is, and we're going to get new clients, but it's not really a scalable way for us to grow. We can't predict our growth. And so that's when people tap into other things like Instagram, Facebook, places like that. How valuable have those been for you? Do you say that you bring in a lot of leads from those platforms or is it kind of hit or miss? I'd say quite a few, a lot of drop-ins for sure. We are a pretty small town up north in Minnesota. So a lot of city people come up and they you know, look for a CrossFit gym and find us that way. So I get a lot of messages in the summer months from on Facebook and Instagram looking to drop in. Otherwise, uh, here and there, so for the locals. And it's it's a lakes country here, so people are up on the weekends a lot in the summertime. Um, you know, around the holiday, whatever the holiday is, you know, they'll drop in and they want to get away from the family or whatever for a little bit. And um, another thing that helped us too is uh, we have those kids classes, youth class and beginner classes. Yeah. And, um, we have a lot of the youth former youth uh, class, those kids join the, I don't know, you call it the normal CrossFit <laughs> classes. So they kind of like a pipeline a little bit. And the kids are great marketing too, yeah. you know, so parents and friends and stuff. So. All right. 
Yeah, when we're looking at growing a kid's program, of course, word of mouth is always going to be the best thing because if one kid's doing it, their friend's going to want to do it and the whole class is going to want to do it. So it's really, really good form of marketing. Um, I want to ask you guys, you know, if you look at the business right now, what would you say is the biggest challenge for you? The biggest bottleneck, the thing that like one thing that kind of keeps you guys awake at night, um, what would that be? Um, For me, it's programming. (laughs) Uh, It's not really business, but it's kind of is. but, you know, having to get that done and keeping the people happy. Uh, Everybody has a different um, perspective on it, but I would say to answer your question more, uh, probably more of what you want to hear. Uh, you know, for me, it would be like eliminating fears for potential clients or patrons with CrossFit or strength training in general. There's an intimidation factor with CrossFit with uh, the movements mostly and uh, you know the, the the injuries you know with it. So that you know making people comfortable that's you know i would say that's always kind of the you always hear that you see somebody on the street oh i want to join but i just said i'm not ready i'm not fit enough or i'm not in shape i'll join when i'm when i'm in shape so that'd be it for me i mean you've probably seen that at your gym too you know all the time for sure and it's just a matter of like what are we doing to get that eliminate that intimidation factor that so many people kind of feel when they hear literally they could hear the word crossfit and they're like nope Um, that's intense for me um and so have you guys you know done anything to make yourself seem less intimidating for new clients i think our videos we did last year that we probably should get on you know we go over things like okay so you know you see movements like handstand blocks or rope climbs or uh, even like things like squats and deadlifts. Uh, so we we had a series of videos on Facebook and we would go over the scale movements. Okay, if you see handstand blocks in the workout, you can do things like bear crawls or whatever. So we, for example, so we 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 would put those on Facebook and then you know. Try to put people less intimidating for people to, oh, okay, that's, I can do that. Bear crawls are easier than handstand walking. Simpler. Yeah. (laughs) If you were able to remove that intimidation factor from people's minds, what would that do for your business? If you were able to be a little bit more approachable, what do you think that that would do for the business? Oh, increase clients for sure, you know. I mean, it's, it's just uh, all those people that said they wanted to come, you know, would, would show up if that was indeed the reason they, they weren't coming. So I, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a, and then you go on social media, there's always the battles between <laughs> bodybuilding and CrossFit and powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting and all that, you know, so. It gets, uh, there's a lot of unknowns or misconceptions about it as well. So I think uh, eliminating some of the negative stereotypes too. You know, the kipping pull-up kind of ruined CrossFit from the get-go. <laughs> uh, you know, just showing showing that when you, when you come to class too, that not everybody's watching you if you're a beginner. 
that you know people are worried about themselves. Right. And we also try to focus on too when coaching that, you know, if they can't do it or they don't get it or they fail at it, I know I'm the first one to say it's okay, you're fine. Let's yeah. just adjust this and then let's try it again. And so just trying to be patient and reassuring that you're it's okay. We all started here. So yeah. So if you guys were able to remove that elimination factor, it would bring up traffic into this space. You'd be able to help more people. If you guys were able to help more people, you had more clients, what would that do for you, for you guys personally? Would that put you in a more comfortable situation business-wise? Like, talk to me about how that would change things for your your business. I then I think it would be actually a tough decision for me because we would then we're at the point already where the boys are full for personal training where I would have to either we'd have to find somebody else to come in and train or I would have to possibly quit my full-time job and start doing full-time training and coaching. Is that so a goal? Is that a goal for you? Like, would you like the gym to be in such a good spot that you didn't have to work your other job? I go back and forth because, of course, there's <laughs> uh, benefits, uh, medical benefits with my job right now. So it would be uh, a big decision for me. Uh, but I go back and forth every day, or not, I shouldn't say every day. I don't think about it that much. But if, yeah, I'd be having one job where I can really do what I want to do. Uh, I would love to do that. But then the fear of the insurance and benefits not being there is a little in intimidating. So yeah, for sure. I think, I think that that's always like really scary for, for so many people that I've talked to on this podcast, like they're in the position where you are, where it's like, we're spending our time between two places and we would love to be able to focus on one, but it's hard to let go of the idea of, guaranteed specific yeah. income benefits etc but I mean realistically if you were able to focus on the gym a little bit more you'd probably be in a situation financially where it was like hey you know the benefits like at that job don't really make up for the money that I'm making here I can pay for insurance and stuff for for both of you and, and be comfortable um but it is a tricky decision to make and I think you'll know like when the time is right to make a decision like that if it ever comes um my next question for you guys would be, if you look at the business, um, I were to hand you a magic wand and I said, all right, all of your dreams and goals for your gym have come true. What would that picture look like? Like no limitations, big, big picture goals. What would that look like for you? Well, maybe like a 6,000 square foot yeah. gym. <laughs> you know, trainers, I could just maybe step back a little bit, work half a day or family time, and, you know? So, I mean, it's uh, obviously then, you know, bigger gym, more equipment, and, uh, double our bikes and rollers, and three times as big of a rig. And then, then start, you know, approaching like places like uh, corporate wellness you could go there you could go to the schools all kinds of stuff like that where you'd actually have space for 50 people at a time yeah definitely so what 
you guys really need to focus on within the next year or so to work on making that dream become a reality? Well, we are currently looking for a new place, uh, either building or being able to rent again, just trying to find other options to increase. Uh, like I said, small towns was very difficult to find anything, especially with how the market is right now. Uh, other, I guess I always keep an eye out for another trainer. It's a town of like 3,000 people, so the trainers we that are in the town are already here. So those two things would be the, probably the what we need to do right now. And it's like low population density up here too. Like the next town is probably 10, 12 miles away and there's only about a thousand people there. So it's like, it's not yeah, loaded in this, uh, you know, and they might have, you know, and half those people have other jobs, you know, so it's like, or skills or, or whatever. So uh, it is tough to, and then, you know, you know, if you, you've probably hired people before, it's just a crapshoot. You don't know if you're going to get somebody who's inconsistent or unreliable or, you know, they want to embezzle money in your business or whatever. Um, so it's always like, uh, that's always scary. Fortunately, the people we have, are, we've known them and they're, they're good people. So, yeah. Well, just don't let being in small town USA be something that holds you back because some of the most successful gyms that I've ever seen have come from really small towns, just like yours. Um, I think sometimes small town is even better because everybody knows everybody. And so word of mouth and all of that travels quick. So I'm excited to see how you guys are able to grow your business over the next few years. Um, it's just the beginning for you. And I appreciate you sharing you know, your story with us here today on the podcast. What's the Instagram page for the gym? Where can our listeners go to find you online? Uh, I think it's CrossFit Tao. That's just CrossFit T E H O, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys being here again. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Daryl from Strength From Within in Jonestown, Texas. What's up, Daryl? How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own fitness business? How did you get started? What is the story behind it all? I've always wanted to own my own gym since I was about 16, got into wrestling. I've always been active in sports. Uh, It's just been a total dream of mine. Um, And here I am finally living the dream. Love that. Awesome. All right. So as far as your business model goes, how do you structure things? Are you doing group classes? Are we doing semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through the layout there. How are you structuring things? I'm doing group classes uh, twice a week. Uh, I'm also doing online training and uh, the majority of my clients are one-on-one. Okay. All right. So a little bit of group training, mostly one-on-one, but then also some online clients as well. Awesome. All right. And as far as membership goes or client base goes, how many members or clients are you currently serving? I'm currently serving about 35 uh, members, um, clients, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's basically just kind of a month-to-month deal. Okay. All right. And are you looking to take on more clients and and grow that client base? Or what does that look like for you? Yeah. So right now, it's just me running everything. Um, I'm looking to grow. And ideally, my... uh, big goal would be to open up um, or buy some land and have an obstacle course uh, facility outside as well as a big facility of of, a big inside gym as well. So that's the ultimate goal. Awesome. I love that. That's that's really cool to have uh, some sort of outside obstacle course. That's not something that you really find very often. So it's different, you know? Exactly. Um, Yeah. So now as far as gaining new clients goes or letting people know that you're there and what you do, how do you get the word out there about the facility and then acquire new clients? So the biggest thing I found was, you know, I went back and forth trying to run ads, um, stuff like that uh, through social media. But the biggest help I found is just reaching out with the community since I'm in a a smaller city, if you will, um, just getting really involved in the community and then everybody knowing that you're there uh, and they know that you're the go-to person. Um, so that's really helped out a lot. Okay. So you have run Facebook ads in the past? Correct. Okay. And you just didn't find that they worked very well for you or? Yeah, I just didn't find enough traction on that when I when I tested them. I was like, I'm I'm really not hitting where I need to be hitting at. Um, and I found that just diving deep into the community, sponsoring local events and stuff like that is, is what has really propelled me forward. Got it. Okay. And when you were running ads or when you do kind of get the word out there about what you're doing, what type of front end offer are you putting out there to actually make people want to come in the doors? I got you. So I do offer like a free assessment 
Um, now, the one thing I don't do is cut my prices to offer any kind of, um, you know, sale. It's pretty much a flat price. Um, so, you know how you got some gems and it's perfectly fine where they'll do offers, you know, free trial period or free, um, you know, around Christmas time or something to get people into the door. My prices pretty much stay the same across the board. Um, and I just go from there. Okay. All right. So, um, no real like trial session or I like that you don't cut your prices or do like low barrier offers just to get people in the door. I, I like that aspect. Um, yeah, what, I, what I found out in the past is I was doing that and it really just kind of, if you will, devalued. You know, it's like if I cut them too much, then the people that come, they don't have any skin in the game, really. Exactly. Um, so I was like, well, let me just, this is the price. This is what we're going to do. Uh, and that's, that's worked out a lot better for myself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And it's harder to sell somebody into your regular pricing when they come in on something free or something super low cost, because then it makes that gap a lot bigger between Correct. what the regular price is and what they came in on. Um, now, with that being said, have you ever done like a high ticket offer on the front end? I, I have not. Um, I'm interested in it, but I've never done anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I love high ticket offers on the front end for a multitude of reasons. Um, uh, you know, from the business side of things, it makes a lot of sense because then you're acquiring enough money on day one to cover the cost of actually acquiring that client, especially if we're talking about paid advertising. Um, I mean, most gyms are never profitable over the lifetime of the client because it costs them more to actually get that client to walk in the door. And then, I mean, industry average is three to six months for a client to be sticking around for. And over that time, typically they're never even cost, never covering the cost of what it took to get them in the door in the first place. So that happens very often. But I mean, if you're charging a higher ticket on the front end in the day that they're signing up, they're putting enough money down to cover the cost of acquisition plus some, then it puts you in a really good spot. And then speaking of skin in the game for clients, it's like people who pay, pay attention, right? So if they're coming in, and they're putting money down and it's a substantial amount on the front end, then chances are they're going to show up. They're going to stick to the plan. They're going to get the results that they're looking for. And then once they get those results, it's like, why would they leave? Right. So that plays into retention as well and keeping your clients longer. Um, so I love a high ticket front end offer more so I'm like I said I'm not a fan really of low barrier offers just because it tends to do the opposite it tends to bring in people who aren't very serious um who don't really stick to it I mean obviously there are some outliers there um but that never really get the results that they're looking for and that's why we're here yeah I always call those um when you do those uh low offers you attract, um, I always call them uh, tire kickers, mm -hmm. that they're just there to see what they can get. Whereas if you raise your prices, they know that they're paying for it. So it's like, 
I want everything I can out of this. And um, my clients pretty much stay with me for years. Um, so uh, the retention is there. It's once they get in the doors and once we get them signed up, they're pretty much with me for years. Now they might take a little break here and there, especially around the holidays, but they always come back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Like I said, the, the retention factor is a big part of it as well, because it's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. So if we can continue to provide that value and get people the results that they're looking for, then it's a big deal. Um, so now there's typically, I always like to ask about either key challenges or bottlenecks within the business. So are there any are there challenges or bottlenecks in the business right now that are kind of taking a lot of your attention, anything specific that you're really working on? Um, and if so, what are you doing to overcome those challenges or bottlenecks? Yes. One of the biggest challenges I have is, um, being on video, <laughs> um, and getting out to social media, but some of the social media stuff, I don't truly understand, but I know it's a, it's an avenue to that. I, I can't be stuck in like, uh, old school methods. I have, you know, technology has changed. So I have to use it to my advantage, but that's one of the areas that kind of scares me a little bit uh challenges me so what i've done is one of my uh clients is actually uh a great videographer and so she comes over and instead of me setting up the care uh the camera and being very dry or being very mundane she gets me energetic and she'll uh shoot the video edit it and so it looks a lot better than if I was to do it myself. So that, that's actually helped me a little bit. I've had to get over my fear of the camera. Uh, I actually took uh, a camera class. So it's those things that was really challenging uh, that I really had to just kind of hit uh, head on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something that's kind of awkward, especially in the beginning, you know, when you're trying to post regularly on social media and when you're running ads and constantly coming up with a new ad and new content to put out there. And yeah, it's definitely awkward in the beginning. Uh, I remember the first time that I shot an ad and I was like, this is just so awkward, you know, it's just so weird. So I can definitely relate to that. And then, I mean, once you start doing it more, it becomes less weird, but definitely kind of awkward at first and something you have to get used to. But I mean, with that being said, obviously social media has an, a huge impact right now on businesses and the ability to grow them. So definitely a necessary thing, but um, challenging to to work through that fear and that uncomfortable kind of feeling especially initially absolutely all right so now um what are your i like to get like the the big picture goal i like to call it like a unicorn goal so perfect situation kind of perfect world goal where are you looking to take the business what is your big picture goal the big picture goal for me would to have that big facility 
where we have the obstacle course, you know, like uh, I'm looking at like a, at least five acres where we have, you know, uh, at least a mile loop of obstacle course um, obstacles and then have a big facility on the inside where it's catered more to uh, powerlifting, um, uh, wrestling, because that's one thing I offer as well. Um, and just all the inside, and I'd like to have a big team where I can pretty much just oversee it, mm -hmm. but I still mm -hmm. have a hand in it right. as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, that's kind of the ideal situation for most gym owners is to get to a point where you can step back a little bit, have the right team in place to be able to run the business and work on the business more so rather than in the business because it's hard Absolutely. to do both yes <laughs> you wear so many different hats and it, it, it's really hard to put all those on and after a while you just have to kind of outsource those and finding the right people for that team that's uh, really the challenge right absolutely and as far as a timeline on that when are you looking to make that happen I'm looking within the next five years. That's my five years old right there. Okay. Yeah. And what needs to happen specifically within the business for you to be able to get to that point? Uh, basically, just just more clients uh, to get me to that revenue point. Um, and then the next thing after that is finding the perfect location. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is the hardest obstacle. Uh, finding a place that kind of out in the country, but not too far to drive. Um, so you can attract those people that that are close to the city. You're going to attract the hardcore members that if you were two hours away, they're going to come. But I want to attract the people that um, are unsure about it. Like, hey, maybe I want to get into obstacle course racing. Well, this place right down the road, they can get you there. You know, and I've uh, I've had great uh, uh, great success with doing obstacle course racing, and one of my clients, uh, she's 65, and she's out there running it, and, you know, so it, it's for everybody, and that's basically the message I want to get to every, everybody, the whole community, that you don't have to be an elite athlete to do this. You can be just average, normal and it's kind of like uh, life where, you know, you run into life, you hit an obstacle, well, what am I going to do? It? Am I going to go over it? Am I going to go around it? Or am I going to go through it? And that's basically what I want to bring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. love that. It's love more, that. Um, more than just a physical training, you know, that you build when you're in a gym like yours. It's more than just the, the actual training. It's the mental aspect as well that can apply to other areas of your life. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. So now, um, one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility or doing their own thing, kind of going their own way, starting their own fitness business, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in this industry? Networking. It, I, I got to say it's networking. Um, 
really just getting out there to know people and networking um, because you never know when you need somebody in that area of expertise for help. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not being afraid to make connections. A lot of times I think in this industry in particular, everybody kind of stays in their own area and they don't want to talk to other gym owners. A lot of times I think they look at it as competition, you know? Right. And it, I, I wish that would really change in the gym industry where we could do a collaborative. It's like, hey, our main mission is to help people. And if you can help people right where you're at and I can help people right where I'm at and we can just kind of play off each other, I think that's a whole better relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all fighting the same fight, right? And there's plenty of people that need fitness and nutrition and accountability in their lives. There are plenty of people. So it's like there's no need to compete with other gyms, you know? That's very and that's, that's something that comes up very often. It's like a lot of, especially smaller boutique gyms, um, small studio gyms, a lot of times feel as though they need to compete with uh, big box gyms, you know, like Planet Fitness and um, Gold's Gym and all the larger facilities. But it's like, I always say it's like comparing apples and oranges, you know, the experience that people have when they walk in one of those larger facilities Large. is... Completely different than the experience that they're going to have walking into your facility, you know, and the value is night and day. Right. So it's uh, a lot of times personal trainers and gym owners really get caught up in that and really want to compete with those prices. But it's like, first of all, you can't, there is no competing with those prices. Um, And Second of all, it just, again, like we talked about before, as far as like the low barrier offers and it just devalues your service. Yes. We've got um, uh, one like outside boot, uh, boot camp around here and their prices are really low. And people ask me about that all the time. And my first, in the early years, it was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll match that. But what I found out is I just told them I can't compete with that on that price and make a living. And let me tell you what you're going to get with me. You're going to get more of this. And, and I tell people, hey, if that's your price range and you need to go there, perfectly fine. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but this is what you'll get with me. And once I started doing that, everything started taking place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an important point, too, is that, you know, you're not for everybody. You know, there's a a particular client that you serve and that's okay. You don't have to lower your prices to try to fit everybody's needs, because when you try to do that, it's like you end up serving nobody because you know, you're not serving the business. You're not helping yourself at all. Chances are you're not really helping them at all either. Because like we talked about before, if they're really invested and they really want to make a change, they're going to do what it takes. Um, And, you know, from a, a financial standpoint, like you said, competing with those prices doesn't make sense for you from a financial standpoint. And it's like, okay, if, if we keep doing that, then eventually our doors are going to close. And if our doors are closed, then we're really not serving anybody. Right. Exactly. So not being afraid to 
kind of draw the the line in the sand there and and stick to it is important because otherwise you just get yourself in a situation that really doesn't make sense for anybody yes what one of my mentors um he really hit that um uh, all the time he hit that home and he says you got one you got to know your work you know mm -hmm. and you go to school you get all these certifications and where are you comfortable with no knowing your price point you know and then it took me it took me a while especially when i first got into personal training to get that out there um you know but once i really started knowing what i was worth it's like okay this is my price i'm not coming down this is why and when you tell people that they they have a lot more respect for you yes absolutely and there's something to be said about perceived value as well yeah. you know things that are more expensive typically are more valuable there's more value there um and there's the old saying that always rings true is you get what you pay for yeah right yeah. so if you're looking for a, a cheaper more watered down version it's like that's the service that you're going to get but if you're right. willing to pay a little bit more for more value higher level of service better results then that's what you're going to get. Um, but it's hard also for gym owners and personal trainers, especially in the beginning, to kind of wrap their mind around that concept because you are not your client. You know, it's like to you, you, you don't necessarily value the services that you're providing as high as someone who has no experience in fitness, who has no idea what to do in the gym, who has no idea how they should be fueling their body, who needs somebody to hold them accountable, right? It's like as a, a personal trainer and a gym owner, typically these are things that have been a part of our lives the entire time you know so it's like to us we're not looking for a personal trainer we're not looking for somebody to help us with nutrition we don't need somebody to hold us accountable so we don't value it the same so it's hard to put a price on that for the services that you're providing when you don't necessarily the need for you isn't there but you have to keep what? in mind that your clients need that you know they don't know what to do and they value that higher they value your service higher than maybe the price tag that you would put on it yourself absolutely that's the one thing that i wish in the in the certification field and and even going to college that they would change a little bit is um not too much time is spent on the back end it's yes we know how to train clients we know how to tell them what to eat but what happens if we want to open our own we don't want to work for a gym you know where is that help right there you know and i wish they would put that in the curriculum just a little bit you know uh i think it would make make things a lot better yeah absolutely i completely agree i mean they don't cover anything on the business side of things really maybe like small teeny little details along the way but nothing actually significant or super helpful and they definitely don't teach you how to acquire new clients right and that is a huge aspect of it because obviously if you don't have any clients you don't have a business and so many personal trainers get into personal training and they go work at typically a big box gym which is great to gain some experience but usually what happens in that case is 
the gym is feeding the personal trainer leads right so yeah. it's like they almost have this false sense of security because they're used right. to being they're, and they're yeah. right right yeah. yeah and then yeah. you get off on your own and it's almost like you just think that the people are just gonna come but they don't yeah. <laughs> That old saying, you know, if you if you build it, they will come. That's, that's not true. <laughs> no, no. And it happens so often. And it also happens when a lot of um, a lot of people just first open the gym. It's like the new spot in town and people want to come in and check it out. But they don't typically stick around. So when they first open the doors, it's like, oh, yep, see, like all these people are coming in. I have all these clients and all these members. But typically it only lasts for a very short period of time. And then things dip down. And now it's like, okay, well, now I don't know what to do to get people either back in the doors or get new clients in the doors to keep the doors open. That happens so often as well, you know? Right. And then they create that, vi I call it the vicious circle where, okay, they're, they got to run an offer to get more people. And so that'll work for a little bit. And then they got to run another offer and they're really just spinning the wheel. Yes. You know? Right. It's like they're coming in the front door, but they're leaving out the back door. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a, a challenging spot to be. That's for sure. I mean, multiple ways to grow a business. Like we can get more clients, obviously, we can get our clients to pay more by providing them other levels of service. And then the third way is to keep them longer. Yeah. You yeah, know, that's so that's um, a big area that kind of gets overlooked very often. You know, it's like once the people are in the door, provide that value, get them the results that they're looking for, keep them longer. Like I said before, it's so much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire new ones all the time. So yeah. We want to have that solid foundation. Can't build a house on sand. That's for sure. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? On social media, they can find me on Facebook, just Strength From Within, and on Instagram, Coach underscore Daryl, D-A-R-E-L-L. -L. All right. Perfect. So Daryl from Strength From Within in Jonestown, Texas, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Yes, thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.